Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Domish, and thrilled to be here with a very special guest this week, and that is Stacy Hunky, good friend of mine, incredible person. She's from StacyHunky.com or StacyHunkyInc.com, and we're going to spell that because it doesn't look like Hunky, much like my last name for all those of you who are aware. So it's Stacy, S-T-A-C-E-Y, Hunky is H-A-N-K-E. Inc.com. So we want to make sure, and by the way, don't worry if you're out there listening on podcast again, I'm not going to remember that. All of this is on our website as it is every week at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Everydaymindfulnessshow.com. But right now we want you to meet Stacy. Stacy, thanks for joining us. What I'd like to do is have you in your own words, share with us your mission, what you're doing in the world, how you got to where you are. Yeah, thank you, Mike, for the opportunity to spend time with you and everyone that's listening in. I'll start with the mission because that really piggybacks to how I got started. The whole mission is getting people more aware of how their listeners see and hear them rather than what they believe to be true. To do a quick check-in to see what kind of reputation they have because usually the reputation is what people are saying behind our back Monday to Monday. It's really the awareness piece. That's step one. Once they're aware, it's to give them practical and immediate how-tos to make sure that no matter who they're trying to influence in their personal life, in their professional life. It's the level of influence that they truly have that they're executing on. Because let's face it, everything that we do, you know, every interaction matters in our day-to-day because it's all about we're always trying to influence someone to make that change. Now, where that all started, this is to the second part to your question, I've always been in learning and development. And there was always something about there, there's so much training opportunity out there, yes? Absolutely. And I never wanted to be the person that... You go through a day session and it's a shot in the arm and it's this big, I call it a love fest where everyone's motivated at the end of the day. And then what? And suddenly we just go through training to do the training. I always wanted to be able to find a way to truly make a difference in someone's life. You know, and I know training can go both ways, but it's truly to make sure that when I spend time with someone, they know that the time's not wasted. They feel like, wow, this is really going to impact me whether I'm an entrepreneur, whether I'm a CEO, whether I am in not-for-profit, but I have to have conversations, how do I do it more effectively? And I love this. And by the way, if you're a parent, this applies to you. If you have a spouse, this applies to you. Because how you're sending your messages out to the world 
influences everyone around you. And you have a term that you've you've trademarked, you've registered, that you've already said, which is Monday to Monday, which I love. So for everyone out there listening, Stacy and I have known each other for quite a while, uh, but Stacy had a brand new book come out just very recently. I was so fortunate that I got to read it even before launch and I just loved it and, and shared it with the world saying, everybody get it. The book is Influence Redefined. It's an amazing book, but what I loved about it was right from the start, it does create this awareness and we're all about mindfulness on this show. And it asks the question, how much influence do you really have? Which is what you just said there. And the wake up call is, all right, here's some questions. And that's what I love about the book. Here's some questions that could sort of measure that up. And I, I thought to myself, all right, I know a lot of speakers, uh, including myself, a lot of authors, you know, when they're in front of an audience, their mindset is I've got great influence. You know, that when they leave the room, I have great influence. And it's true for a lot of people, not all, but for a lot of people, then you start to go, okay, what about when you email those people? Does your email list take action or are you just another email? And, or maybe 10% of your list opens your email every week, which is very high in the world of emails. But if none of them actually buy your book, when you tell them about the book, or you have a new thing and nobody takes action, how much influence do we really have? And it's a great wake up call to say, why do I not have the influence that I have the opportunity to have? In other words, not that I deserved somehow, but that I have the opportunity in, the, in, in my line of work or in anyone's line of work, you have the opportunity to influence other human beings. Am I seizing that opportunity or am I assuming it, right? That I just, I've got it versus maybe I don't. And what am I missing here where I could contribute more to the world, right? That's sort of the concept there. It's the concept. There's so many elements to it. I think the key is the definition of it. And that's why the book is called Influence Redefined. I think we are under the misperception of several things. It's influence is I show up and I turn it on. And we all know people like that. You can tell that they're caught in their own dialogue, they're caught in their own conversation. Then there's the misperception, Mike, the higher up I grow in an organization indicates the level of influence I have. It's not a badge of honor. You don't, you don't just earn this stuff. The second, you can imagine how many times I hear people say this, when I know what to say, it's easy. I communicate all the time, I'm comfortable. Well, easy and comfort, that, that doesn't equal influence. It never has. Therefore, the definition of influence to me truly is, it's the body language, it's the messaging, it's consistent Monday to Monday. And this goes off of the, you, know, you write a book, do they really buy it? Influence is also determined that you've got the ability to move someone to action long after the interaction occurs. And then the book goes into all these how-tos of how do you make sure that's happening. This whole concept of Monday to Monday, I mean, everyone can relate to it. Anyone that set a New Year's resolution, you know that by 15, I think it's the January 15th of every year, there's 1% that still have it. And it comes down to resolutions, goals, they're only going to work if you're consistent with them all the time. You can't eat healthy Monday to Wednesday and expect the rest of the week to just happen. I really believe that that's influence. People always know who's showing up. They always know what they're going to get, whether it's a social media post, and that's a whole nother story, whether it's an email, whether it's you had time to prepare and you're ready. But most of us, we shut down. We, we hide behind Facebook posts. We hide behind emails. Sometimes we hide when we're on a conference call because we figure, well, no one can see us. I can let my guard down yet your name is still on it. 
And your name is what people are building that reputation from. Well, yeah. And I thought, I, I know somebody that when they send emails, it's very shorthand almost. It's sometimes hard. It's almost cryptic in a way, in the way it's written. And the person is brilliant. They have great kind But you're reading this going, I, this is hard to follow, right? And so you go, that's, and what they'll say is, well, that's just the way I write. I'm going, yeah, but you're losing the opportunity to influence us with the, these brilliant ideas. And so what I want everybody to think about listening is going, all right. Am I aware of what I'm sending out in every capacity of communication? So not only because Monday to Monday means not only how I email the boss, do Mm -hmm. I email the one that I lead with the same detailed, precise, concise language that the boss gets, right? Because some people know, well, if I send the president, this got to be brief to the point, but then they'll babble to the ones they lead because they don't treat them with the same respect and dignity. So there's inconsistency. You are not the same person to the boss that you are to those you lead. Or what about at home? Do you send your spouse a very quick, sort of sharp and sometimes snappy response that you would never send Mm -hmm. somebody that you have influence or you want to have influence with at work? And people go, well, that's different. That's what you're saying. No, it shouldn't be Monday to Monday. If we're truly going to be authentic in our influence, it should be who we are, not a game we're playing to win. You just hit on something. Consistency equals authenticity. You know, and I'm not saying that you have to be prim and proper. People will hear that somehow. They, they misunderstand where I'm going with Monday to Monday. It's more first figure out how do you want to be perceived. And think of that adjective, whatever that is, or several adjectives. Now, in order for someone, let's say you want to make sure that everyone always sees you as someone that they can trust. You you can't have trustworthiness on a Monday, Tuesday, certain meetings, sometimes an email, and not the rest of the time. There's nothing authentic for that. And I think it's true. It's true in your personal life. It's true as a leader. As a leader, who wants to follow someone where you're constantly guessing who's going to show up today? Yeah. And the acknowledgement that we've all done it. I think that was one of the powerful things for me was acknowledging that, hey, we've all failed here, right? We've all had shortcomings. So, because that was the discovery that I had when when I was reading the book was, hey, um, I haven't always been trustworthy. There have been times where I lacked trustworthiness. And I think people want to think, no, no, I've, I've always been trustworthy. I bet we could have a really deep conversation and find out times where you weren't as trustworthy as you want to believe it. That's the deep dive, right? To acknowledge where have I not been? What caused that? So that I can acknowledge that I was trying to make someone happy. I was trying to be pleased, something along that line. Uh, And so I don't need to do that anymore because that's not my authentic me, so I can be more trustworthy. I think that's really a powerful conversation. And it's going to happen again. Yeah. your face again and this is the other part of there's a model in the book and one of the very first elements to what I call these three drivers of influence is self-awareness it's knowing that being influential Monday to Monday this is a lifelong learning you're you're going to be aware of the times that you weren't trustworthy pulling in what you're saying though recognizing why did that happen how did that happen and don't step on the same landmine now the next time it happens again notice I didn't say if when it happens again, you're constantly learning from it, but you're not stepping on that same landmine all the time. Yes. I think that, that's the key. To me, that is growth, but it's constant growth. It's also knowing that no matter what position you are in your company, that it's, you're always in a role of learning. That no one ever, I think, accomplishes this idea of influence. 
I mean, any of the research that I did for the book, I was always astonished by those that are known in our history as, oh, they were amazing presenters. They were born with the ability to influence. No, they weren't. Here's the difference. They've got the discipline, they've got the commitment, and they understand that it will never end. They are constantly learning that. Well, and I love what you said there. No matter what role you are in the company, it should be a role of constantly learning. Think about that in the home too, right? No matter what your role is in the home, are you viewing it as a role of constant learning? So if I'm a parent, am I always thinking I'm the teacher or am I actually saying I'm always learning? Because if I'm always learning, I'm probably not lecturing as much. I'm probably not as authoritarian as much, right? Because I'm learning from this experience. And so I'm also in the learning, you're more mindful of how you project without a doubt when you're learning. So I love that idea of, you know, that learning and then the consistency It goes back to that again, which you said there at the end of just constantly, where is that showing? How is it showing? So powerful. And you give so many skill sets in the book on how to do that, which is, which is so beautiful there. And when it talks to Monday to Monday, a lot of people don't know this. I know this from fortunately getting to hang out with some of your friends recently. Uh, we were all chatting and they revealed something I didn't know about you. But I think it comes home to this too. You also instruct spin classes on weekends. So for anybody who knows Stacy, Stacy owns a large training company where she has multiple trainers around the country doing training on a daily basis. She speaks also. And then on the weekends, she teaches spin classes. That's correct, right? It's, it's been, oh, this is really going to age me. I've been teaching fitness for 25 years. Okay. I would have never have guessed that. So I don't know. Yeah, that's, what were you, 10 when you started? So that's, uh, <laughs> exactly. Mike, the energy has to go somewhere. <laughs> that's where we'll channel it. Now, you know, here's what I've learned over the years. And this probably was over the last five years because one of my clients made a comment to me. And they were watching their playback for the first time. And they made a comment. They said, I didn't realize that how I show up. I go, what do you mean how you show up? Because you know I talk about how you enter the room and a lot about body language and your messaging being consistent. Well, they went further with that. They said, it's how I look. I'm like, okay, tell me more. They go, it, it really is. They had noticed that they did not look healthy. There were some things going on. And I thought about that and I'm like, gosh, influence really is, it's the really the big picture too. And I always got to the point where I thought, if I'm talking about influence, I think it is a full package. And I'm not, ta- you know, I don't talk about image or anything like that. But I realized over the years that that's also a part of it. And I get so, I truly get so much energy from doing the fitness classes and making that a big part of my day to day. I think I need that to also be the motivator of you've got to have this Monday to Monday. So I love this. I love this. So for you, the fitness class, so you teach classes. Do you also, you participate in other classes you don't teach? It sounds like, but what you're saying also. So, right. So you take a lot of classes where you're working out and then you also teach some spin, you lead some spin classes. And, and for you, that's part of your Monday to Monday, that if I'm going to bring all of me, all of me has to have what it needs, right? So I can't bring all of me if me is over wiped out. I can't bring all of me if me's not has the vibrancy and strength. Sometimes people hear the word strength and they think, oh, it's just muscle strength. No, overall being of strength and presence and vibrancy. Uh, I can't be Monday to Monday authentic if I'm wiped out. That's not who I am. That's not who I want to be to the world or project to the world. And so I think you bring up a great question for everyone out there saying, hmm, am I being authentic if I'm not taking care of me? There's just, 
again, I'm not the health guru. Right, but, but it, you don't have to be for this discussion, it. right? Because it, they line, they align so well. It's important. I just, it's the stamina. It's the the energy. I think being influential Monday to Monday and putting a hundred percent into the conversations that you have on a day to day basis. I truly believe it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of focus. My way of getting that and staying at that level is I've got to take care of myself. I also know that if we're not taking care of ourselves, I don't think anything else can happen. <laughs> I think right. that really does jeopardize how people experience us, what we give, and what we're able to give. And then I also like chocolate. So that's the other <laughs> that's the other part of it, Mike. So Stacy recently had a, now when this was recorded, this this will be aired much differently than when it was recorded. But just about a month ago, in case when Stacy's book launched, she had a very cool launch party. Right as we're exiting. My wife and I are heading out to drive home. We've got about a two-hour drive. The elevator opens up and steps out. These are massive desserts of chocolate brownies with ice cream and chocolate syrup all over it. And they're about to go into the room and we're going, we're leaving now? Like, should we really be walking out? Right? Look at that. That was amazing. Perhaps some to go. So uh, that totally fits that you love chocolate because they made sure they took care of that. that was. But I love what you're saying. You don't give up chocolate. You can be you, right? And that's what I love about this conversation, that that influence redefined is about being you, not somebody trying to constrain you, right? Restrict you, but be you as long as you as long as you can have that chocolate and be the best you, right? You, you There's a difference in moderation and what's healthy, balanced, and excessiveness. Well, it's part of authenticity, though, too. We've heard the saying before, your listeners, they want you, whoever that listener is. They want the best of you, though. And to me, to be the best that you can be every day, and we hear this a lot through other motivational speakers, you, you have to, you got to have the energy to do that. You've got to have the stamina to do that. Yeah. And this, in your, I think it's your personal life. It's your professional life. I love what you just said there about they want you, but they want the best of you. That's mm-hmm. so powerful for everyone to think about right now. How often in the day do the people who interact with me, work, family, friends, neighbors, are they getting the best of me? I think it's a powerful question for people to think about because if you think, well, at work, they do get the best of me. But you say it like at work, like at home, I'm wiped out. They're not getting the best of me. Wow. What has to change then? Because that's not influence redefined. That's the old form of influence, how I use it to get what I want versus to be my most present self, right? The old inf- idea people have is how do I manipulate, right? How do I get influence to get somebody to do something I want them to do? versus how is my authentic presence moving people to action, which is what you're describing, right? That I have, a, I have consistent, authentic projection and presence that moves people, that's genuine. That, that, by the way, when I get it so routine, that it's so consistent, I don't mean routine as in restricted military, that it's just so natural that I don't even have to think about. I, me being me is just natural. It's the norm, yeah. I keep telling individuals, it's not, I mean, it, the book is not meant to change you. I don't want to change you and make you something that you're not. But, but actually, maybe it will change you to be your truest self. That's it. It's the norm. So the one, you know, you brought up this whole mindfulness. I just have to bring this up because it's, I'm so passionate about it. If there's something I can change and help people change, it's the mindfulness of conversation or when are you on the phone? And what I see happening as I walk the corporate hallways, everyone is down in what I call the smartphone prayer. Every head is down. How many times have 
you almost get run over at some point. It, we're constantly getting disconnected. And you were at NSA convention last year. I'm not sure if you saw the individual that was presenting on connection and engagement. And he was talking yes. about how his definition, according to his research, that in 2020, the definition of success for individuals, corporations, associations, is the ability to connect and engage. And we are losing this ability to look at people when we talk. I mean, it's free. Connection and engagement is free. And if there's anything, whether there's a parent listening right now, or it's even just you as an individual, think about what reputation you create that whom you're in with, say, we'll take work. And they know that you are always so busy. You always have so much on your plate, yet every time they talk to you, you put them first. That, to me, if, if we could just get that down, and I really believe the whole, all the technical gadgets that we have, they're powerful because it's another way that we can communicate and influence, yet is it causing face-to-face -to, -face to become a lost art? Well, not only that, but face-to-face -face that what you just said is really key, face-to-face -face that is engaged because it's still the face-to-face -face with, Yes. And it's face to face. So those listening just heard a pause and figure, what did you just do, Mike? I right. paused because I was looking like I was looking at Stacy, but then looking at my phone, then looking at Stacy, and looking at my phone. Because that's what we're seeing happening right now. Versus, what if I just put the phone away? And even if it, I mean, you know what? I'm going to put on airplane mode because if my weakness is distraction, and I am a personality that you know, whoop, there goes the squirrel. I can do that. I know that about myself. So the worst thing I can do is have a gadget on me that can create the squirrel running in front of me. That's just a foolish move by me. So put that thing on airplane mode. Uh, when I'm at the gym, it's always on airplane mode because I need it. To, I don't need it. I enjoy having my heart rate tracked and all of that. So I know how hard I'm working. So I use it for that, but it's in airplane mode. So nothing can distract me. And, and I'll talk to people that go, oh, I do that in that setting or I do it in that setting. And we should all be stopping to go ourselves, why don't we do it in almost every setting? Like, oh, it's, wouldn't it change I, the game? Yeah. yeah. And even when... And this is myself included. I, you know, I need to think about, hey, why don't I do it in more places than the gym? That's right. There was, oh, and I forget the name of a musician. I just saw, heard an interview of his maybe a month ago. And he decided for three months, no phone. He's three months, no phone. Ed Sheehan... That you say oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking. Sharon. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. There you go. And the whole conversation was, well, what, what was the result? He goes, you know, the biggest aha for me is when you're waiting for someone at like a coffee shop or a restaurant and you're waiting, what's the first thing you do? I'm guilty of it. You pull out the phone. That's right. You start navigating. He said, the fact that I couldn't do that, it finally taught me to go back to what, I, what skill I had lost, to sit there and to think, to just sit there and think. And when, when I'm always observing, I just cannot help it. I constantly am seeing behaviors and what's going on. When I'm traveling and I'm out at a restaurant by myself, I watch the interaction of business and the phone is laying right next to them on top, which still communicates, I don't respect your time. And there's right. something important that might happen. Then you get the families. I was just at a restaurant this week and it was husband and wife, maybe 13, 14-year-old, two daughters, the minute they sit down, Mike, they put the earbuds in, the teenagers did. I'm like, what, what is what's happening? And this idea of just losing the ability to make sure that, to me, influence really is trust. 
I look at influence that's on top, influence and trust is right below that. And that came know? so through in your book. I, I asked myself so many times reading your book, okay, is, am, am I trustworthy? Have, have, have I been, can I be honest with myself about where, because I think that just bleeds through it, which is wonderful. I'm glad because that, that's one message. I truly believe if trust is not there, if people don't feel like you are someone that for whatever reason, I always can trust you. Does it matter if you come across confident, knowledgeable, credible? Right. If trust is disconnected from those. And a great place to start, look at people, look people dead in the eye and let them know you are 100% there. You know what? Our, our sons, when we would go out to eat, so we have four sons and they're all adults now. And I mean, one, all, three out of the four are technically adults. But we go out to dinner and we do have the rule, you know, no phones when we're out at a restaurant. And what it turned into was, they, it would turn into, well, we're just sitting here. How about we play a game? And suddenly we were playing the movie game where Alphabet, you know, all right, start with A, start movies, and we go around to it. And it was so interesting because we now this is almost like something we do, you know, because they're so used to in all generations, not the younger. People like to go, oh, they. No, we all are so used to being occupied that we don't know how to just sit and enjoy the time with each other. And this led to this, and it's now almost like a tradition uh, because our one son really started this. And every time he's there, we do this. The other day, Karen was like, hey, why don't we do what, what you know what Anthony has us to do with the game? And it leads to different discoveries. Like you said, time to think, time to engage a different way. It makes it so fun. What are you think, what are three keys that you would love for people to walk away with to help them have their influence be more redefined, be more trustworthy, and have that impact? All right, number one, and people just will fight me on this one. It's monthly, hey, even weekly, start audio and video recording yourself. You have to see it. I, I don't know how else to increase someone's awareness to make changes. First, you're your worst critic. There are studies that talk about how we feel when we communicate, whatever medium that is through, how we feel. There's a big disconnect of how people actually experience us. The common one, Mike, when we hear ourselves on a recording, how many people have you heard say, that's not me, that doesn't sound like me, and it's, that's you, there it is. That, that would be, if there was just one thing your listeners would take from this podcast today, they would start audio and video recording themselves, at least monthly, and we, we've got the technical gadgets to do it. I'll do it when I'm on the phone with a client, I don't record my client, but I've got my other phone there to record myself. I'm in a position where me and my team, religiously, every month they have to record themselves. I evaluate it. I do the same. They evaluate me. Otherwise, you're not going to know, and you're going to get one norm down. Maybe suddenly you are spending more time looking at people in the eyes and building that trust, and then you'll find another bad habit. But that would be number one, 100% down, right there. I love there. it. The second off of that is consistent feedback. And I'm not talking about when you ask someone, Mike, how did I do? Good. Nice job. I mean, they're lying to you. Right. Because perhaps they don't have the confidence to really tell you. It takes you a long time to get to the point. Or what, whatever yep. your challenge may be. It's constructive feedback. Maybe you go into a meeting and someone that you know is going to tell you the truth. You say to them, I am trying to really connect and look at people when I talk. I'm trying not to look at my phone during the meeting. Would you watch for that and then give me some feedback? In that case, it would be afterwards. So constructive feedback is key. Oh, guys, it's a toss-up between the next two. I'd say a combination of practice, just like any athlete, you, you've got to be constantly practiced. But it's the consciousness. 
It's not carving out time in your day that you have to be practicing the skills that I lay out in the book. I'm not talking that. It's when you're in conversations and the many that you have in a day, consciously think about what you're doing, what words you're speaking. Is that really getting to where you want? And all of those three together, I don't think you can do it alone. You need an accountability partner. You need someone to be coaching you. And it can be your family. It can be friends. It can, children are great at this. There's no filter there. Yes, there's it can be brilliant. Yeah. And think about what you're teaching your children. I mean, these, these skills are lifelong learning. And I'm finding it is their make or break because not enough people are focusing on this idea of influence, body language messaging, that if you even just got several steps down from the book, you're going to stand out in a positive, effective way. I love it. Those, those are three great takeaways. Everybody can start working on themselves. For everyone listening right now or watching, we want to make sure that you are able to get Stacy's book. So once again, it's Influence Redefined. You can absolutely get it on Amazon. You can also get it at Stacy's website, which is on our website. So you can go to everydaymindfulnessshow.com. You'll see all the links to Stacy on the show notes, give you all the information if you want to get a hold of Stacy, because this is what Stacy does. She helps companies and individuals in companies and organizations understand. They literally will go in and film and assess you and say, What well, here you are. Are you aware of this? Are you aware of that? Right, Stacy? That this is what you do? Yeah. yeah. This is that. So we'll give you links so that you'll have all that on the website. Thank you so much, Stacy, for joining us. This has been awesome. For everyone out there, until next time, may you enjoy everyday mindfulness in your life. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com and check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.